Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So coming up tonight, we've got the Pelicans taking on the defending NBA champion Golden State Warriors tip-off in about 20 minutes or so out there in the Oracle in Oakland. And as promised, Jake Madison of the Locked On Pelicans podcast joining us now to break it all down at Noah Jake on Twitter. Jake, glad to have you back, buddy. How's it going? It's going well. Always happy to come on and talk hoops with you. Yeah, dude. Um, first of all, uh, this Golden State team, <laughs> what they did yesterday to uh, the Denver Nuggets is a little scary, aren't they? Yeah, you know, they really sent a message to the league if they're even capable of needing that right now with that game last night. 51 points in the first quarter, and Denver even played well. They scored 38 themselves, but found themselves down 13 after one quarter. Ten made threes will do it. This Golden State team, despite being kind of up and down for them this year, that's kind of a relative term, I guess, has really figured something out the past three or four games where they've woken up. They've actually changed their rotations a little bit, too. You're seeing more Steph Curry and Kevin Durant on the court at the same time as opposed to them being staggered. That's really kind of changed how they approach the game, and it's leading to a lot of the results that you saw last night. Yeah, and look, we'll talk a lot of Pelicans here, but Steph Curry, he was absurd yesterday, and I just I don't know if we're ever going to see a shooter like him again I think he's the best shooter that the league has ever seen and uh, you know he's still got a long way to go in his career here Jake if he stays healthy he's just sensational fantastic to watch yeah, he, he's the best shooter in NBA history already at this point in his career. He'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer if he retired tomorrow, I think. And I, like you said, I don't know if you're going to ever see someone like this. I'll tell you, you know, you're seeing the three-point shot be more prevalent at all levels of basketball. So maybe someone will come along way down in the future. But I think it's going to be a long time. And like I said, he's a Hall of Famer already. Yeah, I think he's averaging the most points he has in his career at 30 points a game this year. He's just been as good as he ever has this year, Steph Curry. And they'll get the Pelicans tonight and the Pelicans coming off look maybe their best win of the season on the road against a very good Clippers team and they almost let a lead get away like we've seen so many times but maybe turning in a corner here by holding on to that lead late and you saw Anthony Davis in the clutch with some clutch free throws and really the aggressiveness on the offensive side maybe Jake maybe they're turning a corner here yeah, you know, you saw a lot in that Clippers win or the, the win for the Pelicans over the Clippers that you'd want to see from that team. First and foremost, they came out and played really good defense. That's something we haven't seen from them all year long. They always pick it up in the second half, but in the first part of games, they really struggle on that side. They did not in that Clippers game. You saw it when Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday were out of the game that they got quality bench minutes, which is easier said than done against the Clippers, who boast Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams coming off the bench. But you had solid minutes from Jaleel Okafor, from Frank Jackson that kind of kept the Pelicans afloat during that time. It gives those starters rest. Anthony Davis was a little bit fresher than we've seen him in the fourth quarter because he didn't need to carry such a load that he has in other games. And now that you've got guys like Miritich back 
Alfred Payton back. The depth improves a little bit because of that, and maybe that helps them late in fourth quarters. And they're f- uh, won four out of their last five games, Jake, and that's coincided with everybody getting healthy. Alfred coming back, then uh, Nikola Miritich coming back. Do they keep the rotate? Uh, they keep the rotation this way if they keep winning with Miritich coming off the bench? Because like, I understand he's returning from injury. He's not the same guy that he was uh, before the injury or when he was in the starting lineup. But I, I just don't know if you can keep Julius Randle out of that starting lineup, Jake. No, he had t- uh, 10 of the 12 first points for the Pelicans on Monday night. So I think we'll see him kept into the lineup. I think it also might fluctuate depending on opponent a little bit, too. There's going to be nights where maybe you just need more shooting out there. And that's when you go with Miritich. I think at times it can kind of be interchangeable. And maybe Alvin Gentry just kind of rides the hot hand to get the most out of that starting unit. So I think you'll see Randall for the time being as Miritich gets his legs back under him. You can see he's still a little bit out of sorts. The game shape isn't quite there. So for now, I think you'll see Randall, and you might see him for the rest of the way, too. Talking to Jake Madison here, the Locked on Pelicans podcast. Talking Pelicans, they'll tip off against the Warriors in 15 minutes or so out in Oakland. Stay on Julius Randall here for a second. Is he playing his way towards, if not a max deal, pretty close to it here, averaging a career-high 21 points per game. He seems to be an offensive force that's uh, really just grown what we've seen him or what we saw from him in Los Angeles the last few years, Jake. Yeah, this is kind of the Julius Randle we expected to see with a higher usage rate, with a larger and increased role, and not deferring necessarily to as many other players like he did in Los Angeles. You're seeing him average a career high here. You know, he's got a player option for next season for a little over nine million, ten million. He's almost certainly going to decline that since most teams in the league have cap space and can offer him more than that. He missed out on that big money free agent contract potentially this past offseason. He wants to get that back. I would think it's a max, but I would not be surprised if he did something like four years, 80 million a year, maybe a little bit over that. That's going to be a significant payday for him. It's something the Pelicans likely aren't going to be able to match. So while this is great that he's playing well for the Pelicans right now, he might be playing his way off of this team for next season. So do you think this all coincides or maybe it all depends on what happens with Anthony Davis? If it's an Anthony Davis trade, do you think that this is somebody that they could build around here, Julius Randle? So the thing with that is uh, maybe, quite possibly, it depends what the pieces coming back in the trade would be. You have to match salaries in the NBA. So if Anthony Davis gets moved, they're going to be bringing back, you know, another $25 million in salary, which kind of keeps them in the same spot that they could be in. So they wouldn't necessarily, they might potentially have more room to be able to sign a guy like Julius Randle. I think they're very high on him. I think you've got some concerns about the way he's played in some fourth quarters. There isn't a huge fit there with Anthony Davis and some of the other guys out on there. You need to find a unique big to pair alongside with Julius Randle. But depending on what Anthony Davis does, you don't want to necessarily let a guy like Julius Randle just walk and not get anything in return. And you might make a play to re-sign him to keep him on this team and then figure it out down the line. So the Pelicans are 21-23. and They're two and a half games back of the Lakers and the Jazz for that final playoff spot. And we still have three or so weeks away from that trading deadline that's on February 7th. Who are some targets that you think they might be looking at right now, Jake? 
you know, they, they are canvassing the league to see what they can do. They've been active throughout the year with no deal yet, you know, materializing. They were trying to get Jimmy Butler, bring him down here. They've called the, uh, the Washington Wizards about Bradley Beal, but it doesn't sound like they'll have the assets to bring him in or that the Wizards want to trade him. Look for them to make a call to division rival Memphis Grizzlies, maybe inquiring about a guy like Mike Conley, their point guard, or other players throughout the league. They'd like to get some depth on the wing. That's easier said than done. You don't see those guys really traded for very cheap or the assets that the Pelicans have. But some guard depth would be good, too. You know, I think it's going to be a bit of a quiet trade deadline, so I don't know if there's going to be help coming through the door for the Pelicans to save the season like Miritich did last year. But if you add a little bit of depth onto this team, it helps you over the final remaining games. And I think that would be a big enough move that maybe vaults the Pelicans from being maybe a borderline playoff contender to solidly in, and then they're going to feel pretty good about their chances going into a first-round matchup if they're healthy because they feel they can beat any team in the league when fully healthy. So when you look at the lay of the land of this Western Conference, we know the Warriors will be there at the end. They're the favorites, as they should be. But who else in this Western Conference, the hierarchy, how do you think it's going to shake out? Yeah, it, it's all a little bit in flux after that. I think that Denver Nuggets, is a, uh, they're a very good team. However, I don't necessarily think at the end of the season you're going to see them back at the top in the one, two, or three seed. I think you're seeing Houston play themselves right into it. James Harden is the MVP of the league if it ended today. He just put up 50 points tonight after having 50 points the other night. And what he's doing with that rash of injuries to the Houston team and leading him to victories is nothing short of astonishing. I'm very high on the Oklahoma City Thunder despite their loss to the lowly Atlanta Hawks last night. I think defensively, they're one of the better teams in the league. We know what Russell Westbrook is capable of doing. All of their role players fit that system really well. They know their job, what they're supposed to do. And I think that can kind of get you pretty far as well. So the way I see maybe shaking out right now is you're going to have the Warriors at number one, the Rockets at two, Oklahoma City at three, and then maybe Denver at four. Jake Madison of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You can find that podcast daily on the Locked On Network and also LockedOnPelicans.com. And he's at Nola Jake on Twitter. Jake, appreciate it, man. Enjoy Pell's Warriors tonight. Of course. Thanks for having me on, Seth. All right, there he goes. We'll take a break. When we come back, Robert Nays of the Ringer, he's going to join us to break down Saints-Rams, Chiefs-Patriots, and everything coming up here in the NFC's championship week. I'm Seth Dunlap. The last lap continues next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.